Welcome to On The Way, where we walk through scripture in episodes that are short enough that you can listen to them on the way to your destination and deep enough to help you on the way to becoming who God created you to be. We are being sanctified. We've not yet reached perfection. We are not yet in heaven, but we are on the way. Welcome to episode 29 of On the Way. This is the ninth episode in the book of Luke, and today we're going to go through Luke chapter 8. There's a theme in chapter 8 that I'd like to focus on today, and it's introduced right in the first verse, which says, Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him. The theme all about God's reign in his kingdom is represented by the number 12. You see this multiple times in this passage. Twelve in scripture is considered the perfect number because it's a symbol of God's power and authority, his reign. And for whatever reason, God picked the number to represent his governance. And when you see the number 12 in scripture, it's showing that God is has governmental reign. His government foundation is supreme and perfect. Isaiah gives a prophecy about the Messiah in Isaiah 9, 6 that says, For a child is born to us... A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The government will rest on his shoulders. He's in charge. Justice flows freely from his throne. He sits in heaven and mourns his enemies. He's not scared of his enemies. They have no power. They cannot compare, and he cares for them. This prophecy caused the Jews to believe that the Messiah would be a military or a political leader. That's why they missed Jesus. Even John the Baptist thought Jesus would keep him out of jail. And when Jesus didn't fight against the Roman emperor, the the Jews rejected him. It didn't matter how many miracles he performed. They couldn't get past their preconceived notions of who Jesus would be or who the Messiah would be. But Jesus governed differently. Jesus' government, his kingdom was greater than they could have imagined. The first section of Luke 8 talks about some wealthy women who gave to support Jesus' ministry. They gave financially. Then verse 4 jumps into the famous parable of the scattered seeds. Some seeds fell on fertile soil and grew, and some seeds fell on bad soil and died. The cool thing about this parable is that Jesus actually gave an explanation. And he usually didn't do that. Usually when he told a parable, everyone was forced to guess what he meant when he taught it. But not this time. He said, the seed is God's word. The bad soil is people who reject the word of God and don't put it into practice. The good seed or the good soil is honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest. So which are you? In verse 16, we have a little detour to read the parable of the lamp. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. You know the rest. He says that whatever you try to hide will be brought out into the open. Then he jumps back into his teaching about the primacy of his kingdom and the supremacy of God. There's this inner counter where Jesus' mom, Mary, and his brothers come to visit Jesus, and he takes the opportunity to talk about his kingdom family. 
My family isn't just Mary and my brothers. You're all invited to be a part of my family. Then we get to the famous story of Jesus calming the storm. When the storm hits, the disciples start doubting Jesus like John the Baptist did when he was in prison. When the storm hits, where's your faith? Master, master, we're going to drown. And Jesus says, where is your faith? He's saying, you're looking at the storm, not me. So he calms the storm. Then they realize, wow, who is this man? Jesus is in charge. Even the wind and waves obey him. And who else obeys him? Evil spirits. Luke 8, 26 starts the story of a naked and homeless demon-possessed man. He lived in a tomb, and when he saw Jesus, he screamed and bowed down. Jesus asked the evil spirit in him his name, and the demon said, Legion. In other words, there were thousands of demons in this man. The demons made him incredibly strong, but they were no match for Jesus. Jesus cast them out into a herd of pigs who fell off a cliff and drowned in a lake. And how would you feel if you were a farmer and someone killed all your pigs? Well, you'd be mad. And so were the owner of these pigs. So they ran to the town to tell everybody and the, the people were terrified. When they saw that the man had been healed, they begged Jesus to leave. The sheer power of Jesus terrified them. So Jesus left. And I think this is how many people react to God, right? Rather than invite a ruler with power and authority to call the shots in their life, they just say, get away. I'd like to call the shots. That's too much power for me to be around. I'd like to be the head honcho. So Jesus goes to the other side of the lake and there's a crowd over there who were pumped to see Jesus. They heard about his power and they welcomed him with open arms. While he was there, a religious leader named Jairus fell at Jesus's feet and asked Jesus to heal his daughter. Want to guess how old the daughter was? It's a number. Yes, 12. Why? Because Jesus is in charge. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. If you grew up in Sunday school, you're now ready for. He's got John and Bob and Caleb in his hands. Everybody's sitting around waiting. When's the Sunday school teacher going to say my name? I don't know. I'm on a Sunday school song kick right now, but he's got the whole world in his hands. So Jesus started walking to Jairus's house to heal this girl. But while they were walking with a huge crowd around them, a woman snuck up behind Jesus to touch Jesus. She also wanted to be healed because she had a disease that caused her to constantly bleed for guess how many years? Yes, she'd been bleeding for 12 years. I think the blood flow issue in this story is a picture of sin. I grew up hearing sermons about this story all the time, and it seemed like preachers always made this woman out to be super dignified. They'd say, this woman reached out to God, and we need a generation that will reach out to God. If you seek hard enough, you'll reach God. No, I don't think that's the message at all. God's saying, I'm right here, and I'm in charge you don't have to seek too hard. I'm right here. No, the Bible's saying she wasn't reaching out to God. She's not seeking. She was sneaking. They never preached that God used sneaky people, but he does. Are you embarrassed? Are you sneaking your way to God? Are you sneaking your way to the church? Well, he says, come as you are. She snuck up and touched the tassels of Jesus's robe and immediately she was healed. Jesus said, who touched me? Luke 8, 45. And Jesus isn't asking this because he doesn't know. He's a prophet. He knows. He just uses questions, right? 
He's asking because he wants her to come out of hiding. He wanted to know this woman and he wanted everybody else to see her faith. Woman, you're not even on my schedule. I'm on my way somewhere else, but I'm so glad you interrupted our regularly scheduled programming because I love you. Then he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Luke 8, 48. But I think this honestly is a terrible translation of this passage. It should say, because of your faith, you are healed. Not your faith has healed you. Faith didn't do the healing. Jesus did the healing. And it wasn't the tassels on the robe that healed her either, right? In the Jewish tradition, the tassels were meant to remind them of the Jewish Torah, all the the laws in the Torah. But it wasn't the law that healed the woman. It wasn't even repentance that healed the woman. She just touched a robe. It was Jesus. Jesus healed this woman because of her faith. It wasn't her faith that healed her. Jesus healed her because of her faith. But the glee of this moment, the excitement and all the joy is interrupted because remember, they're on their way to heal Jairus' daughter. And in this moment, a messenger comes and tells Jairus that her daughter, his daughter has died before they could get there. If only Jesus hadn't stopped to heal the bleeding woman, right? Then maybe he could have healed the little girl. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. And the daughter, and she was healed. When they got to the house, it was filled with crying people. But Jesus said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. Luke eight fifty two. Then they all started mocking Jesus. I mean, it's insane to think that someone can raise someone from the dead, right? Then what does Jesus do? Well, he's supreme. He's all powerful. He's in charge and he raises the girl from the dead. Oh, what an incredible chapter. We're out of time, and that's the end of chapter 8. We'll do chapter 9 next week. If you're getting together with a group to discuss this episode, we've included some discussion questions in the show notes. And if you have time, spend a few moments in prayer before your gathering. Ask God to use these passages to form you into the person that He created you to be. Thank you for joining me for this episode of On the Way. Here are the discussion questions for this episode. Number one. Why would Isaiah prophesy that the government would rest on the Messiah's shoulders if the Messiah came to establish a spiritual kingdom rather than overthrow a worldly kingdom? Number two, when scripture tells us about financial donors to Jesus' mission, they're always women. Why do you think that is? Number three, what makes some soil or people receptive to God's word while others are not? Number four, why were people terrified when they saw the power of Jesus? See Luke 8:25 and 8:37. Number 5. Why do you think Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood needed to have faith before Jesus would heal? <laughs>